0: This podcast is brought to you by Blue Guardian, the only prop firm that protects their traders.
1: None of my family spoke to me. All of my extended family started putting ideas into my wife's head and everything, saying he's lost his mind, you know, you need to get out and all this kind of stuff. My kids didn't trust me. My wife didn't trust what I was doing. The only thing that pulled me through was... I actually had my biggest trading day ever that day. And that was through about 18 hours of trading across six trades. I did about £133,000, which is still today my, my best trading day. I've spoken at events with some phenomenal traders and they all have the same, you know, same thing to say. So... I still believe to this day that it's the the one differentiator between failing traders and winning traders. Episode 249.
0: All right, folks, we've got Jason Greystone here on the show today. What an emotional, motivating and educational interview we've got coming up in a second. Now, before we dive in there, I do want to tell you that we've got a special giveaway happening here until the end of the year. You can grab yourself one of these trader keys from my sponsor, Black Bull Markets, who are giving away 10 merch packs, including those trader keys, to lucky winners who open up an account with them using the link below. Yes, you must use the exclusive Trading Nut link below this video or in the podcast description to get a chance to win one of those. And you're also going to get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000 on your first uh, deposit with them. So folks, head over there, click the link below the description to check that out and get yourself one of these trader keys. I'm going to set mine up today. All right, and other things going on here at Trading Nut, we've got three new live streamers hitting the show this week uh, covering London and New York session so if you want support during those sessions it's a great place to go two of them are taking on the blue guardian challenge one of them is ex guest of the show so go and check them out give them a bit of love folks other things we've got the mystery trader who's been away on holiday for the past few days so unfortunately the trades have been a little light but jump into that telegram because we're going to be hitting that hard with trades coming your way and if you're looking to automate anything go and check out my robot builders club links to all the stuff are under the video all right folks enough from me let's get on with the show our sponsor Blue Guardian's the only prop firm that gives their traders a tool to protect them from hitting their max daily loss and over trading. It's super simple to use, just set the Guardian Protector each day from your dashboard. Did you also know that they've just released an unlimited time evaluation with a zero trading days requirement, giving you plenty of time to hit their low eight and four percent targets making it super fast to get funded plus it's cheaper than the 40 day time limit evaluation check out the link and coupon in the description to get 10 percent off your next blue guardian evaluation all right folks here we are on trading out we've got jason Greystone in the house from tier one trading all the way over there in the uk welcome to the show jason
1: Thanks for having me, mate. It's going to be a good chat. Looking forward well, to it.
0: Well, I, I know we tried to do this like many years ago, and I can't remember. For whatever yeah. reason, we had it all booked, and I had to pull out last minute, and we've had uh, Akil Stokes on your business partner, uh, tier one. So I'm interested to hear your story, and uh, I'm glad we finally managed to connect. So to start off with, do you want to give the listeners a bit of background into how you got into trading, how it all started, and we'll we'll dive into your journey
1: from there? Sure. Sure. Um, Essentially, I got into trading because I had this plan from about 22 years old when I found out I was going to have my first son that I needed to become financially free. And uh, that was a bloody long journey. Um, it, it took me a long time, made a lot of mistakes. But in doing so, what I essentially became obsessed with was this idea that of, of income replacement through less active endeavors. So I started looking at how I could make my money work uh, to then get enough returns from that money to then replace my, um, my active income to cover my living costs at the time. So it wasn't like major, it wasn't like millions. I didn't have dreams of like having millions and millions and all the rest of it, but I, I just needed to become free of, of time, um, by as many leveraged income streams as possible. So I started looking at, you know, investing and then I started looking at um, index funds, ETFs, real estate investment trusts, and then I started learning how to pick individual uh, large cap stocks and medium cap stocks, and and then part of the realization that I had was if I could if I could control my income and grow my income by ten percent, you know, the income that comes into all of these investments, ten percent per year, it would dramatically accelerate the time it, it you know that reduce the gap in time that it would take me to cover my lifestyle costs. So I started a business now because I started a business for that purpose to abuse and just pay myself as much money as possible with that came a lot of stress, right? It's because you kind of, you need to employ more staff, but you can't afford the staff and all this kind of thing. Right. So I was kind of on this sinking boat during that period and it became very stressful. So then I started looking at higher speculative plays like online poker Um, options trading, because I just needed to accelerate my returns. I wasn't far off at this point. I was about 20, uh, 26. um, And I then settled for Forex trading because I'd blown about 40 grand on that anyway. So I thought, well, I've learned a lot of lessons doing that. So let's, let's pursue with that. And then after about three and a half years from that point, (laughs) I became profitable consistently and uh yeah uh, i finally replaced my active income at about 29 and a half years old uh so yeah that that was why i got into it
0: okay cool so so um what can you tell us what that business was the the one that got you started
1: yeah i was i was i was i qualified as an electrical engineer so i was electrician and then i went on to software engineering and and creation and then i we basically built uh BMS systems which are building management system control panels that have controllers and software that control all of the the intelligent controls in the building to run the building efficiently like boilers and pumps and fans and stuff like that so yeah okay right now now
0: um on that journey to trading it sounds awfully simple you know you, you started uh into Forex and you wanted to become a successful Forex trader I mean how on earth did that happen for you I mean what were the steps that you took
1: yeah, so I didn't approach trading in the way a lot of people approach it today. You know, people are very uninitiated, very stupid how they go into it, get rich quick, false expectations. I did have false expectations because I thought it'd be easier than it was, but I didn't go into it stupid. You know, I, I was a business person. I was a logical-minded person. I didn't actually go in with the thought that, oh, yeah, I can, you know, generate millions in months. It was it was very, very methodical. Um but I I was playing a shorter game than I needed to play. Uh, and I very quickly got humbled. And as I say, about three and a half years, it took me from day one to actually start seeing some, some fruits. So uh, I was very much uh, humbled to play the longer game. And I started focusing on process testing, um, you know, my own psychology and making sure that I was in check enough to, consistently trade what I'd learned and you know with that you just make fine adjustments Um, so I was very much uh, if I could sum it up I'd say I'd use like the thermostat analogy because you see a lot of people they kind of turn the heating on when they're cold and off when they're hot you know and they kind of get the thermostat and do this I was very much a tweak tweak by half a degree until I'm comfortable and that was that was my approach it just took a long time but it was it paid off in the end. So,
0: so, I mean, can you sort of walk us through like how how many hours a day were you spending at, spending at yeah. it? Um, what kind yeah. of things so, were you studying?
1: Yeah. So um, I, I started trading um, basically a swing trading system. It was uh, a daily swing trading system uh, for trends, and that was it. Uh, I had to test the system. I did about 600 hours of testing. And what my life looked like at that time, because I was running a business, uh, I'd come home, five o'clock, have dinner, spend time with the family. About 10 o'clock, I would start testing the systems. Um, and about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, I'd go to bed and I'd do it all over again. I'd spend every Saturday in a coffee shop doing more testing. Um, some Sundays, half day Sunday, uh, depending if I could get away with it. Uh, and I just put as much hours into testing the systems as possible. And then I did a bit about six months of paper trading that. So just... You know, going forward and making sure that I would ironed out any errors like order placement um, spreads, making sure that it all aligned with what I'd tested, and then uh, and then I went and then I went live. So I was putting in, you know, I was I was putting in a lot of hours. Um, mm. and, it, and it must be. I, I, I,
0: I, I, I was going to say it must have been frustrating at some points when you're doing all that testing, and you know, not not every single system or, or strategy you test or even approach. Yeah. Is gonna is gonna work out out of the gates. I mean, it, can you were there times when you were just like, you know, at your wits' end, going, "What the hell?" I mean, like, I've just tested this thing for four hours and the results crap, and I'm like, I've just yeah. wasted that four I, hours. And, and how did you sort of overcome that kind of thing?
1: I I I try and um, you know, yeah, every in that initial phase, every market I I spent about twenty hours on. So it was twenty hours per market per per strategy per time frame and. Um, it was a lot of testing, but I tried not to see it like wasted time because what I saw it like is, well, if I just blindly traded that, that would be losing me money. So it's actually by testing it and finding it doesn't work. That's actually earned me money. So I always tried to have a positive spin on it like that because I now don't include that in my portfolio and I trade those instead. And I don't trade that time of day. I trade this time of day and as a result, I'm earning more money than I would have had I just traded it blind. So, if you look at it like that, it's it's a lot easier to uh, to get done.
0: And back back then, I suppose I don't even know if TradingView's got a kind of replay bar replay was even available back then. I mean, how no, it wasn't. How, how did you go about doing your testing without those kind of? Yeah, tools I did all
1: software? of my testing. I did the first lot of testing on on MetaTrader four, and um, it was just historical data provided by my broker at the time. Um, I could go back a, it was about five years or just over five years um, on on the time frame that I was looking at. And it was literally just one laptop for the charts, one laptop with a spreadsheet, and I would just go back and I would mark up the charts and you know, just <laughs> go day by day by day. And then on my spreadsheet, I'd have the last date entry that I'd tested. Then the next day I'd go back, scroll back through the charts. Luckily you could save workspaces and things like that. So it had all of my um, you know, my screenshots and drawings all over it. Um, but yeah, it's painful. Painful. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I still believe to this day that's it's the it's the one differentiator between failing traders and winning traders. Mm. I, I don't mm, I don't think true. I think most people don't get it done, which is why they don't succeed.
0: Yeah. And so so at the point you were like, okay, I'm happy with the back testing, everything's looking good, and you move to paper trading it. I mean, can you explain that the whole you know, straight out of the gates were you doing well in paper trading or what happened there?
1: Yeah. So I came out, um, and the first amount that I funded my account with was 65,000 pounds UK. So it was enough to, it weren't going to ruin me, you know, but it was enough to, to hurt, and I had to treat it seriously. So before I actually went live with that 65,000 pounds, I, um, I had to prove to myself that there was no other hidden, you know, I wasn't going to get sideswiped somehow by something I'd missed. So for me, the purpose of of forward trading or paper trading is just to iron out anything you can't test. So for me, it was just like user error placing the, you know, one cancels other order rather than a a good till close or, or whatever, you know, and, and also making sure that the spread, uh, that didn't make any major differences because it's very difficult to test spread. You can't really mm. test spread because there's fluctuations, etc. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to make sure that it was still yielding, averagely the same results. Um, and once I'd done that, I funded my account, sixty-five grand, and then the this is the this is the the big turning point for me. Four weeks later, I had less money in my account than I started with, uh, even though I traded everything to the to the T. And on the fifth week I was surrounded by people say, you know, a being one of them saying, look, just stick, stick with it. Keep going. Um, cause we were, we were kind of bouncing off of each other. And, um, and I did. And on the fifth week I went into new profit in my account. And at that point I tested, you know, I, I, that was the, the first point where I trusted the system. Uh, but until then you don't, you just don't because you, you just never know what's going to happen. But, but something happened in that, fourth to fifth week that put me into new equity highs in my trading account. And I just had full belief. It was like, right, if you stick to it, it plays out. You know, yeah, I should, I have probabilities stacked in my favor and yeah, it came good. And and from that, you... I, that just gave me a whole new sense of confidence. Okay, that's interesting. I mean,
0: and are you still trading that exact same way now, or have you slightly? I do trade.
1: It? Yeah, I do trade that that strategy that I first learned. Um, it's been modified over the years slightly, tweaked and optimized. Um, at Christmas time, I do about twenty to forty hours of optimization on on my swing trading strategies, and that's uh, that's one that I still trade. Yeah
0: folks, Black Bull Markets have 10 merch packs to give away to clients who sign up before the end of the year, including one of these trader keys. So to go in the draw, all you need to do is sign up with the link below this video or in the podcast description and you'll go in the draw to win, it's that simple. And remember folks, when you sign up to Black Bull Markets through the trading nut link below, you're gonna get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. All you need to do is click the link in the description below the video or the podcast. Can you explain, like, was this on trade the lower time frames? Because you obviously mentioned spread and uh, risk to reward on these trades. Because if you're if you're sort of underwater for a bit and you come right, I'm guessing there might be quite a kind of higher risk to rewards.
1: Yeah, um, i I'd trade, you know, there was a time where I was day trading, actually, for probably six, five years, six years. Uh, I stopped day trading in on the 3rd of April 2020. And that was just before the COVID thing. Um, I actually had my biggest trading day ever that day, and that was through about 18 hours of trading uh, across six trades. I did about £133,000, which is still today my my best trading day. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, because of COVID coming in and my emotions went a little bit cocky, uh, I, I just put the, the day trading down for a bit, and I haven't picked it up since. Um, I very much stick to the daily the four hour and i can get entries on the 60 um and and trade management on the 60 minute time frame but i'm very much a higher time frame trader now um and systems that i trade now you know i trade trend i trade reversal setups i trade uh flags and breakouts on certain pairs like the dollar yen i trade ascending channels descending channels um so yeah I, I've, I've built up over the years uh a nice little toolbox of different trading situations that I can be in at any given time to give me as much opportunity as I, I can get, but also maintaining a high strike rate or working towards a higher strike rate all the time. And my risk-reward profiles, you know, minimum uh, of a one-to-one. I very rarely get a one-to-one. It's usually a two-to-one um, as a, on my trade. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I like it. I kind of see it as like there's this sweet spot between Every trader wants activity. So number of opportunities is important. Uh, The second one is risk reward. So, you know, are you happy with your risk reward profile? And then the next one is strike rate. So Mm. some people are happy being wrong more than they're right because they've got a big reward to risk profile. But some people are need to be right more than they're wrong, even if that's just a little bit over time. Um, And, you know, I found my sweet spot being, Around a fifty-five percent trader initially, and obviously I'm just working at getting that better and better.
0: And so, to back to the, uh, just cycling back to education and and getting that knowledge around the price charts and the market and how it operates and stuff. I mean, what were the what the key elements that you made, uh, used to build up your your trading strategy or that first one you you came up with? I mean, you mentioned flag patterns and pennants and that sort of thing. I mean, was that part of it?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I look at. I mean, I'm a structure. I, I, I'm a structure. but I'm a technical trader. So I, I look at price. I look at structure. And then it was about um, using six main kind of principles, if you like. Uh, the first one being the phase. The second one being the condition. The third one being price action patterns. And then what I would do is I would just add different filters and indicators to give me more confluence and more confidence in the setup so it's almost like a scoring system where if if this happens then i can use this entry but if this doesn't happen i have to wait for this type of entry so it's kind of like this um it, it, like a scoring system right it's like a it's like a high probability scoring system and based on the score i can use different entries mm. uh which is i've found to be very very effective it's very dynamic it allows you to get multiple chances at different markets. Um, even when one setup doesn't happen, you can still get in with a different setup if that plays out. So it allows me to have a lot of stabs at one at one opportunity, but still maintain my high strike rate and my um, you know my risk reward profile. Mm. And, and so when you I'm say not different, sure if that answers your question. But
0: no, no, it does it does it does. Uh, so I mean, like you 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 sort of. I mean, I suppose more from a yeah, less technical side, it's more holistic, but the technical sit within that those six principles that you've you've got, which makes sense. I mean, you talk about different entries there. I mean, what about like uh would you risk more on a on a specific entry? And and when would you can you give us an example of like when you would go, well, this one's gonna be this kind of entry versus that one? How does all that play out?
1: Yeah. So for instance, um, Everyone, I think most people are familiar with double top strategies. You know, if you've got a double top at a major resistance level, like right now at the time of this recording, there's a opportunity on the dollar yen that has just approached 150 level. And it hasn't been at that level since the 20th of October, 2022. So a whole year has passed and we're now at a major rejection zone there's a nice resistance zone up there at 150 150 is also a psychological even handle flat number yeah. and um in that opportunity as price uh, approaches that level a double top might be considered a conservative entry whereas a three bar reversal would be more aggressive so you just wait for the you know a pin bar or you wait for you know a lower low and a lower close candle say and depending on your discretion as a trader, and you've taken notes of that level and you've tested that level and you say, actually, I can be more aggressive at this level because if I'm not, I'll miss the trade, um, then you might consider taking a three-bar reversal instead of a double top. Or if it's not uh, a major level, you might wait for the double top and then need a, a triple test or a, you know a, a, some kind of reversal setup. So you're a bit more conservative if it's not at a level that's had three tests of a major high, for instance. Uh, very difficult to explain over a podcast, but it's kind of this, this philosophy that depending on your discretion of that level and what you know about that level mm. determines the aggression of the entry. And mm. the aggression of the entry can determine the position size as well. So you've got these three dynamic markers that you can use to to really accelerate your returns by enhancing your edge mm. if you use them all together. Yeah, that get that little... makes
0: sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's quite an interesting way to do it. I mean, like your double tops kind of like sometimes I sort of look at it as, you know, that is the last place you're probably going to get in, but only if it yeah. works out and becomes a double top, right? Because otherwise exactly. it just becomes a new higher high, high it. and it's, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, or, is. or
1: it continues on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Right now, uh, the the markets that you trade, so how many have you got now and how did they correlate to what you back tested on?
1: Yeah, so I've tested all of everything I trade, I test. So um, I've tested, I mean, I current my swing trading portfolio consists of 27 markets and it's basically every combination uh, of the major crosses that you could think of other than the Euro-Yen. So the Euro-Yen I removed because it was just not profitable on my particular system, uh, or it was on reversals, but it just wasn't worth carrying it through. So 27 pairs. And then on my intraday setups, I trade eight pairs, which is um, Aussie CAD, Aussie dollar, pound dollar, Euro dollar, pound Aussie pound, Yen dollar, and a New Zealand dollar. Not that I uh, haven't said that a few times. Yeah, and so so you don't
0: trade any indices or or any sort of cryptos or anything like that. You just purely no.
1: Again, I used to. uh, I used to trade some indices. I used to trade some. I did trade some oil during COVID and all that. But I I took my day trading hat off, and uh, I just stick to the forex markets.
0: Now it's it's quite interesting because a lot of people sort of go forex and then they sort of veer off into like trading nas 100 or us 30 or or you know the FTSE or whatever why is it that you think you've managed to master or why is it you've managed to master forex whilst a lot of others like go oh it's, you know it's, it's it's kicked me out again I'm, I'm gonna go and try a different market <laughs> it's a difficult question to answer um,
1: <laughs> it's a difficult question to answer but first of all I haven't mastered it like I, I'm I'm always going to be trying to master this right mm. uh, second of all it's the whole if you employ a, a if you if you employ a fitness trainer and you're still fat you never blame the fitness trainer do you or you never blame yourself you always blame the fitness trainer right, it's like yeah it, it's easier to jump onto a new system or get a new fitness trainer than it is to actually look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm the problem, right? So I think um, that goes with trading more than anything. It's like it. whenever... It, here's the beautiful thing about trading. It's just you. You can only blame you. There's no one else to blame. Like It's just you. So the markets are doing what the markets are doing. There are successful traders making money and there are traders that can't make money. The only difference is your choices and your approach to the market. That's it. There's no secret. It's just you have to persevere and, and stick with it. And I think that is that's the side of trading that isn't glamorized and sexy and advertised, but it's it's still important. And that's why people just give up because they're like, oh, this isn't what that guy on Instagram said it was like. You know, I, I can't imagine he sits here doing all of this uh. Testing stuff and and all of that. Um, Truth is, any successful trader who who has been trading and generating consistent profits over any decent amount of time has done all that work. Mm. You know, there's everyone I've spoken to anyway, and I've had the privilege to spend you know weeks on very very reputable prop firms in Manhattan and in London and in Italy. And every I've spoken at events with some phenomenal traders, and they all have the same you know same thing to say. So. It's, yeah. It is you funny. Hey,
0: he, yeah, I mean, like so people will, will watch like this, for example, and go and go. Oh, you know, this guy's got you know he's got himself a nice office and a, and all this sort of stuff, and he's a professional trader and kind of think. Nah, he probably didn't do any backtesting. He he just he's just there <laughs> like that, you know, click of the fingers and bang. So I mean, can, can you, if you ask
1: my wife? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> it was the closest I've ever come to divorce when we was going through that period. I can promise you.
0: Uh, I was going to, uh, I actually, that did cross my mind. Cause I was thinking, when's he going to see his wife? It, it, like it just didn't, yeah. there was no time in the day, right? It was literally 24 seven, which there, I think- there was
1: a point in time where none of my family spoke to me. Uh, this is, this is serious. Uh, none of my family spoke to me. All of my extended family started putting ideas into my wife's head and everything saying he's lost his mind. You know, you, you need to get out and all this kind of stuff. My kids didn't trust me. My, my wife didn't trust what I was doing. And um, the only thing that pulled me through was my belief that I'd seen the black and white results and I knew it would play out if mm. I could just trade exactly what I'd tested. And that's it. And I, and in the end, I just had to go like, okay, well, I'm just going to go for it. And if they stick around, they stick around. Mm. That, that It was literally like that.
0: But, it's it's, it's yeah, that is, I suppose... People just, I mean, it's actually what I what it did remind me of it is like, I think they call it like the daddy effect or something. When you become a new parent, you get that if you're if you're a bloke um, in particular, tend to get that like sort of big spur of, oh, I want to become an entrepreneur now or like support my family, all this kind of thing. I mean, I had it. It happened, that's when it, everything started for me. Um, and it sounds like you were in the same boat and you sort of, even though you're like, like you love your family and stuff, you get sucked into this world of trying to, Grow wealth and and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you just spending yeah. time with us? And it's so like, I'm spending time with. I'm not spending time with you, so I can spend more time with you. Do you not get it? Yeah, it's
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Very. And
1: it is important to do what you want to do as well, because because on the flip side of that, you know, twenty years down the line, you'd be sitting there looking at your kids, thinking, you know, I resent you for not letting me do what I what want to do and that that can happen as well you start yeah. resenting your wife and resenting yeah. people around you that held you back for doing what you always wanted to do and yeah. uh regret is like my worst fear <laughs> you know I, i've got this vision of when i'm on my deathbed my life flashes before my eyes and i'm just thinking about all the time that i wasted or didn't do the things that i wanted to do and uh, i try and live my life making sure that i don't do anything that other people want me to do is make sure that what I want to do. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And that's awesome. important to me.
0: Awesome. Now um, you talked about like, so you, you had your 63 K that you put in. I mean, how did that sort of like that first experience of, you know, for example, withdrawing or paying for a bill or, or just using some of the price, uh, the, the, i suppose oh, sorry, the rewards from trading to pay something, that was actually tangible in your life i mean how did that feel and can you remember that sort of first thing and was it special oh, or was yeah. it just like a
1: yeah it felt weird it felt weird because it was um first of all the first year my first year in trading i did like 72% return it was like crazy it was like a an anomaly year i haven't you know that's not an average yeah. return but, but obviously I look at averages over time and and there was a couple of years previous that I'd had good years and in the testing. And I thought, cool, I hope this continues. It, it didn't. Um, but I did it, but I had this big cocky year and I thought, wow, that's, that's great. And the first purchase that I made literally was a, um, a mobile screen for my laptop. So I, I got this ASUS screen, um, which I could take with me and, and, um, or, or lenovo i think it was and it was like a mobile screen anyway it was it didn't really matter what it was but it was something that felt weird because i'd taken money out of a, an account that i'd essentially just grown by uh, it didn't like <laughs> clicking buttons you know and uh it, it was it was weird because i wasn't taxed on it um and i bought this screen out of money that i'd just made out of nothing it felt like um but it was great great feeling you know i didn't do anything lavish um, I'm very at the beginning stages, especially. I was very much keeping as much money in my account as possible, but the, still to buy a go and buy a two hundred pound screen or whatever it was, it, it felt it felt great. Yeah. And and so were you
0: like a uh, spread betting? I'm given the fact you said you know you, you didn't have to pay any taxes. I know was spread betting is tax free over there.
1: When I first started trading, uh, I didn't have it all set up as a a business and everything. So I had it. Um, I had a spread betting account, yeah. Which in the UK. It's the same thing, except because it's called a spread betting account, you don't get taxed on it, but there's limitations. You can have only a hundred grand in the account maximum, and you have to have a primary income uh, of over 15 grand and things like that. Plus it's case by case basis. The inland revenue will just come and assess you on a case by case. So if you're stacking shelves in like the supermarket as your primary income earning 10 grand a year, but doing 50 grand on your trading, they will be like, no mate, you know that's not your primary income. Right. Okay, so, right.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, away, I didn't realize but
1: that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh so yeah, just just set it up. We just set it up and get tax and everything like everyone else. And so so you mentioned prop firms there as well,
0: where you you spent some weeks with prop firms, actual sort of Physical prop firms, and I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you you started this. Well, you definitely started trading before the prop firm sort of explosion here, uh, online and oh, yeah. taking challenges and stuff. So, I mean, how did? What was it like in those early prop firms where you, you actually turned up there and why? Why on earth did you get invited?
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, so I I built some great affiliates and partners and friends in the trading community really early on, probably 20, 2013, 2014, nine or ten years ago. And, uh, yeah, there was none of the, the kind of prop firm challenges, but prop firms have always existed. They're basically like the most selfish business model in the world where you just trade the company's money and split the profits with the traders. And, uh, a friend of mine, Mike Bellafiore, who wrote a book called one good trade, he invited yeah. me over to his prop firm and I spent a couple of weeks in Manhattan with him. Um, and at the time, funnily enough, they, they had hired. These guys to come in and fit headsets to all of their best traders to try and track their eye movement and use AI to kind of map their brain and all this kind of stuff. He spent about 70 grand on it and they it was a complete waste of money because it just, you know, you can't you can't map someone's discretion and skill. It's just very, very difficult to do. But it was a fascinating thing to to watch and be part of and uh i i met all of his best traders since then i've been over there a few times and i he he invited me to speak at his events and things like that so that was a privilege um and just being in that environment you know it's it's nothing like the glamorized version that you see on some of these funding challenges that are really just a a wolf in sheep's clothing in my opinion um this is a real prop firm they don't care about yeah. Offering challenges, they're actually focused on growing the the business money, and they're paying two hundred and fifty thousand pound a month on electricity bills to run all of their infrastructure. They've got some serious money to make, you know. They've their whole goal is to is to employ good traders. Mm. That's their only incentive because without good traders, you don't your company doesn't exist. So I was really interested in what they look for in prop firms and and how they manage the teams and where's the diversification and you know how they manage the risk and i learned a hell of a lot from spending time on those uh those desks yeah funnily
0: enough i i did listen to the uh his book one good trade just right like in the last two months after somebody recommended it and i was like yeah i listened to the whole thing it was it was brilliant albeit kind of um not not necessarily redundant, but like, you know, way behind the times because it was the whole online yeah. prop firm thing didn't exist. And so it was very much about how do you pitch yourself to a prop firm and, and get a seat in there and, and all this stuff. Whereas now it's like, you know, pay a few bucks and you, you're going to get yourself an, a chance at an account. And and the, the other thing that really surprised me was the fact that they, um they would like, you know, bring a new trader on and it. It'll cost them 25 grand in trading costs yeah. just to, have the guy sit there and, and screw them over for six months before they <laughs> get get lost. Yeah, um, crazy stuff.
1: Well, I, mean, do, I mean, it's not I mean, you could argue it's it's not really screwing them over. It's just most people just can't do it. Well, like, most it. people not don't true. see yeah, it exactly. and Sorry, They have yeah. to accept that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But there's one guy. They took on one guy recently from um, from Bridgewater Associates. So like this guy was like a legend, and uh, they took him on, and he he lost half a million in their first month. Really, so, so even at that level, he's got to trust them and their ability to pull through and make up profits. I mean, he, he's come good now, yeah, but uh, yeah, that imagine that, imagine yeah. that like that's some and, serious decision making.
0: And so, so because the, that they, they were like trading stocks and reading the ticker and, and that sort of thing. I mean, how do you, how did your skill set and I suppose mindset come into play? in terms of being able to give them some kind of, uh, advice and, and insight into, into what you do and what, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, to be honest, I couldn't really, I didn't feel like I could offer them advice as such, but I gave them a, you know, I, I did talk to them about my approach to trading and really a lot of the discussions that we had took place around, um, risk management, diversification, testing, um, what you do with a system once it's been tested uh and the 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 merging of fundamentals and technicals which is in my opinion one power that you've got at a prop firm that you don't have as a retail trader like uh, i was speaking to the 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 guys there and they have like a squawker and they have an analyst like a, a fundamental analyst but they literally blunt told me if you just try to trade fundamentals you'll just lose money because there's you know there's no way that you could know what the market's going to do or try and predict the market participants reactions to news because you know Trump comes into presidency and half of the world love it half the world hate it and there's always a 50 50 opinion of everything so um what I saw the power there was you had these great technical analysts Mm. and then you had people on top of the fundamentals that would you know keep people up to speed with what's going on there and their their real skill which is what i think they couldn't map with the ai headsets and all the rest of it was the ability to take that information and use their skill and combine the two to either go more aggressive or Mm. hold out or uh, extended targets or be tighter on a stop or you know, all that kind of stuff. That's stuff that you just, that's just experience, yeah. you know, and um, when you've got that support and that technology, I think that's, that makes a great, great prop firm. Yeah. it's. it's
0: I do remember them saying like, they kind of took a like, you know, a 50 upwards trades a day in the markets. Like they were trading a lot and the constantly in and out. So it's not like, you know, you're sitting there and you're taking one trade a, every two days they they were in and out in and out, which I suppose leads you to losing half a million dollars. And if you're from, (laughs) was it from, from Bloomberg or wherever he was from Bridgewater. Um, Now, did you meet any of the guys that were on the book? I'm just interested to find that. I
1: met, I met swang. I met swang and I met um, shark. And, um, you know, the reason that they cover their names is because they don't want them getting poached. So, so it's literally like, I want the best traders. I don't want anyone to know who these traders are. And, right. uh, you know, I don't ever want them to leave. Right. Um, and, and that's the reason they've all got nicknames. But at their height, they had like 60-odd traders on the on the desk. They had about 25 million at any one given time available. But during the, the COVID, you know, they did amazingly well. They did 70-odd million in profits. Um, and, and one trader alone did 25 million in profits. So... Yeah. Uh, they've they've grown astronomically over the over the uh last three years in particular. And um it's just, you know, there's still the big hitters are still there. Uh but the, the problem that you find in in trading and prop firms in particular is there's like this gap. When people when they get to about 26, 27 years old, they don't want to do it anymore because they've made a load of money and they feel that they want a bit more purpose. And they want to go and, you know, they want some fulfillment. And, and being at a desk trading numbers all the time isn't really fulfilling. So they get, whereas when they're young and like 18, 19, 20, they're money driven, mm. they don't really have any commitments, they don't care, they'll sit there all day. When they get to 25, 26, the prop firm, prop firm owners have really got a struggle to figure out how to keep these guys. <laughs> so so it's then like incentivizing them to be a bigger part of the business bigger company equity share in the business and all this so yeah that's that's a real problem for for prop firms yeah. and it, and who do you get to replace them because there's such a low success rate um because so, yeah, i mean did, did
0: they did i mean i don't know if you've had a, got a chance to talk to them about it but i mean did you get a chance to mention that you know the change in the industry and and with all these uh, online prop firms are appearing and how that's impacted them or is, is it something they've looked to Try and incorporate themselves to, to find Traders or does it just not fit the business model
1: yeah that that I mean that's one of the things Mike took me for lunch in one of his uh favorite spots in in uh West Manhattan and and we were sitting there and I, I was kind of wondering what he what he wanted out of it and then it kind of he he was talking about education and education platforms and they do have an education arm um and I think they've they've focused a bit more heavily on that over the last few years as everyone went online. Um, they've also opened out remote desks and opportunities for remote desks. We've got a couple of traders that I've just um, recommended and put through to him um, uh, on their applications. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a learning curve for everyone, isn't it? Uh, here's here's it's like, we've got so much access to technology now and data, and resources that were we just never would have dreamed of before, right? So it's like, in terms of all that, data and technology, the playing field's becoming leveled. But that's a massive problem as well, because with all that accessibility comes great, great responsibility, right? Because if you think about it, it's never been this easy to lose your entire net worth in one click of a button either. Mm. So like never, ever before in history have you been able to so easily lose every penny you've got. So, so although you've got all this opportunity because there's tons of opportunity, having access to all this AI and data and, and all the rest of it as a retail trader, it's still a very dangerous place to be. So you have to level up your game and it's a, it's a learning curve for everyone. And I think it's more of a, is it combined with all the crap that's out there on, on social media? It's a very dangerous place to be. I think you need to have your wits about you more than ever and and take each day with a with caution um mm-hmm. and, and that goes for everyone prop firms retail traders institutions every i mean look what happened with gamestop and all that right it's yeah. like that was a learning curve for a, who would have thought like a, a group on discord or whatever it was uh could just move them like yeah, exactly. banks out Business. Yeah. i mean it's I've,
0: just I've, crazy I've, it is it is crazy I've, i'm interested to hear your thoughts and i did watch a uh a short from you just uh, – or maybe it may have been a story on Instagram from you just like a week or so ago, and you were talking about, you know, this instant gratification or instant response from um, people hitting you up saying, oh, I'm going to create a short for you. And uh, you're like, yeah, I'm interested. And then the guy's like, question mark, question mark, are you going to respond to yeah, me? Yeah. Uh, it's been like two minutes. You haven't replied. <laughs> and you're like, give us a chance, would you? The question I've got is – because I mean, I have that same, same issue as you. Um, but the question I got is like around, do you sort of see like the younger generation or, or just with all this change in technology and AI and all this stuff, do you find traders are are struggling a bit more or or less with the ability, you know, the the ease of access now, or the even the, the attention span being driven down by, by smartphones? Yeah.
1: Look, I think, um, there's definitely a dynamic shift in attention. Uh, I won't say that attention spans are dropping. I would say there's more distractions. Um, but I think about like when the when if you think about what trading used to be, when they're in the pits and they're like, you know, it was all manual, there was no computers. A lot of those guys, when it did go online, a lot of those guys lost their shirt and they they went out of business. They they struggled to adapt to online trading. It was a completely different style. They had no edge. They couldn't hide their orders or give the eye signal or do the thing. So they completely lost their edge and loads of them really struggled and went bankrupt. So I see that happening now and there's obviously pros and cons. I think the people that are like me are going to struggle a little bit with, uh, you know, any kind of advancements in trading that I'm not used to. But what I'm seeing today is kids are, they learn quicker. And they adapt quicker. So their approach from what I've seen with kids is they seem to break it and then, oh, don't worry, if break it. Cause I'll just try again and they will do it this way. And it's very much like a quick learning uh, feedback loop that they've got going on whilst they're doing it. My kids do it. like They're like, why are you doing it like that? Just do this. You know, well, that's wrong. And it, well, it doesn't matter. And then he just does it. And he does still does it quicker than me because he's, although he didn't do it right the first time he's found the right way to do it in the time it took me to think about you know how to do it right yeah. so that's what I'm seeing and I think if they take that approach to trading maybe they'll you know maybe they'll come good I don't know but yeah. we're, we're not there yet but maybe they'll lose some money quickly and quickly learn how to how to hack it and and do it better than everyone else I don't know um it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see though
0: yeah, so they they're happy to fail forward and know that there's probably yeah. a solution there, uh, as opposed to being told that like, no, nah, it's, it's it's not the you know it can't be done. No, 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 no. they'll yeah, be, be, be cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, yeah. check Google. There'll be something on there or some other search engine. Um,
1: what 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 does your typical trading day look like? Uh, these days, uh, it's just um, I, I do some intraday trading on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from about eight AM or half seven AM for about an hour. Uh, and my swing trading takes me about an hour, um, a half hour to an hour every night. Sundays, my Sunday evening is my, it takes me about two hours just to go through everything. And then other than that, I just always have like charts up. So I'm just keeping an eye on stuff, but I, yeah, you know, I, I rarely need to sit at my screen for prolonged periods of time every day. Um, I still do it cause I, I love it. You know, I still, uh, I still look at charts all day because I just, I love it. And I think that is a, that's also another separation kind of clue to people who actually do get success and people that don't, because mm. I think there's a lot of people that go into it because they feel they should, because other people are having great results with it. So uh, they go into it for the wrong reasons. But yeah, for me, I I have a, a trading environment that I'm in all the time. I, I love it. Right, um, but I, I spend probably on average an hour a day on my, on my trading. Right. Okay. And, um, and when you're in a trade, are you managing
0: those trades? You need to like, you know, if you, if you've, if you've got a swing trade, for example, would you, how would you manage that? Can you explain that to the guys listening?
1: Yeah. So if it's a trade where I'm like trailing stops, for instance, I'll just check it every hour. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, um, most of my swing trades are just out. You know, they just go out the next day. I have um orders placed that will automatically trigger and things like that. So I've I've built various little robots and things like that over the years uh that help me and assist me with my swing trading. Swing trading, you don't have to be on top of too much because it's, you know, daily time frames, slower movement and slower stuff. But I do have warnings that give me um Rollover cost analysis and things like that, so that I make sure that it's still profitable. Um, and yeah, just just glancing at the, t- you know, probably in between every task that I do, I'll check the charts and just right. see what's going on. So yeah. I'm always, I feel like I'm connected. Uh, I, I can feel the breathing patterns of. I always know what's going on, like what I just said about the dollar yen. I know what's going on in all of my markets because uh, I feel like I'm connected to them like that, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. that keeps me at ease cool and and what about like uh if you had to give somebody a step by
0: step approach to get to the point where you're at or maybe like you know when you started actually making money
1: what what would those those steps be oh um learn so from scratch learn a strategy doesn't matter what strategy um understand that you have to make that strategy work that strategy won't work forever so and and the reason it won't work forever is because it's not tailored to you as a person um, you're going to have a different risk tolerance, different um, strike rate tolerance, and all the rest of it, right? So go and test it, and then come up with some ideas of how you could make it better, right? Where are you leaving money on the table? Are you being too aggressive with stop? Are you being too aggressive with targets? Are you letting your targets run, et cetera? Um, and then go and test that. And then once you've tested the system, you've got a lot of proof there of the probabilities of the outcome into the future, Right. Then you just have to go and trade it exactly like you tested it. And your job is to trade it flawlessly. It is to make sure you're not taking excessive loss. You're in trades that you should be in. You're not in trades that you shouldn't be in. You're managing trades correctly. And you're keeping on top of this and recording it and making sure that you're always getting a tiny bit better every single day. And that's it. And if you just focus on getting a little bit better every single day, eventually you'll reap the rewards. You'll become this trader who's quite aggressive, almost knows what the market's going to do. I I say that with a lot of caution, by the way, but you kind of get a feel and you go, right, okay, this is likely, much more likely to do this. You become more aggressive, you get more opportunities, higher quality opportunities, and your strike rate's great and you have very little volatility in your equity curve and very little prolonged drawdowns and things like that but that doesn't come off the bat. Like I, I think if you're trying to chase this zero loss system from day one, you're not going to get there. You have to just start and then tweak and tweak and tweak like the thermostat analogy. Awesome.
0: Brilliant, brilliant little thing. Go back and rewind on this folks. Cause uh, that is some great advice. Now um, a couple of more questions. We'll get into the quick fire round in a second. What's um, what about traders mindset and any sort of kind of, tips or tricks or hacks that you came up with along the way to help with your mindset?
1: Uh, Yeah, trader mindset. I mean, um, where do you begin? I mean, trading is a heavily, like it's it's 90% psychology. You can learn a strategy in an hour. Um, It's just how do you trade that and and do it consistently and, you know, beat your own demons. Um, So there's many things that I look at. I'd I'd like to say something different from testing, but that was a big one. You know, being able to compare what you're doing and the results you're getting with what you got in the past will calm you down. You can say like, well, you know, I've had five losing trades in a row, but in the past, you know, the maximum was seven on average. Mm -hmm. So I'm not near that yet. So let's just keep trading. And that's the thing that actually got me over the the four-week period into the fifth profitable week when I first funded my account. So having data and being and having realistic data there about how your strategy should perform can really ease your mind but the biggest thing is don't gamble your house on trading like have some money <laughs> don't put your entire net worth into a trading account that is ridiculous and you know you're not going to be able to even trade properly if you're in that level of poverty in fact there was a there was a test done in India, 56 countries in southern India, they tested the farmers IQ and when the farming was low and the trade was low and everything, their IQ dropped by 30%. And when it was all booming again and the market was flowing, it raised by 30%. So that means that if you're just worried about paying the bills and you're trying to learn to trade, you won't that approach will be the thing stopping you learning to trade. And mm-hmm. it's it's counterintuitive. So A lot of people do that, believe it or not. I get asked every day, I need to make this payment. I need to pay for this. Please, how can I turn 500 into 20 grand? Ridiculous statements, you know, and when I tell them that the quickest I've ever doubled my account is 18 months. So if you trade now with a hundred dollars in 18 months, you might have $200. They're like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> you know that's not really what I thought, and and again, they don't want to believe that, so they go on to the next guy, go on to the next guy, and they go round and round in circles. So <laughs> like, all I've tried to do is give people the truth based yeah. on my experiences, and uh, I've tried to back up my truth with surrounding myself with as many successful traders as possible over the years, and um, I've been proved right every time. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I, I, people take something away from that.
0: I, I think I'm the next guy. Um, that they keep going to <laughs> <laughs> because that's, I get the same question <laughs> um, right now. Uh, quick fire round here. Um, recommended trading book or resource?
1: Recommended trading book or re- resource? Do you know what? There was a really one really good trading book. I, I, I know everyone says "Trading in the Zone" by Mark Douglas, but there was a there was a book by um, it was called "Trade Your Way to v- Financial Freedom" by Van Tharp. And that was, that's a book that I think every trader would love. It's a terrible title, but I think it's a great book. Really, really good book. i got a
0: funny feeling I've read that one. I'd, I'd, I'd have to double check it. Um, what about your preferred broker and trading platform? Look, folks, I know you want the answer to this question. Which broker is this trader using? Now, the answer has been sponsored by Black Bull Markets. So to find the answer out, you're going to need to go over to tradingnut.com, find the show notes page for this guest, and then all will be revealed. Now, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: If I could leave the listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? It would be the best thing you can do as a trader is to is to focus on the process, you know, enjoy it, make sure you enjoy it and, and, and accept that you're never, ever going to master it. And it's going to be a continuous ongoing thing that demands your time and attention. And it demands your, you to level up because your edge will dissolve over time. So make sure that if you're doing trading, if you're going into trading, it's something you want to do long-term because if you do, and you answer all those questions. It's a phenomenal uh, wealth acceleration vehicle. It's been absolutely life-changing for me. Awesome.
0: Brilliant, brilliant bit of advice. Um, before you wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you?
1: Yeah, just uh, Jason Greystone, uh, social medias. There are a lot of scam accounts, unfortunately, and they'll probably try and follow you or contact you or message you. But if you go to jasongreystone.com, you'll find all of the official channels. And if you love podcasts, I recommend checking out always free and that's episode one, go to episode one first and uh, let me know if you're still listening to episode six.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Jason for sharing with us today, everything we've discussed here, along with those links that he's just mentioned, Um, go and find them on tradingnut.com. And there's going to be a link in the description here until next time. I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? introducing my robot builders club with our platform you can build bots in minutes not weeks without any coding required get lifetime access to my video course vip community and over 40 ready-made robots works with mt4 or mt5 and as a bonus you'll get three months access to my robot lab where we build and test bots on live calls every week join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter not harder click the link in the description to learn more get the free training and download a free robot all right folks so you have an interview done and dusted with jason now do remember we did do a video afterwards where he breaks down uh, trading USD JPY. So if you ever wanted to know how to trade it or if you do trade it now and want to have a better way to trade it, then or we'll get some ideas, then this is a video for you. So that's on the YouTube channel. Remember, we've got that Black Bull Trader Keys giveaway along with 10 full merch packs. So if you do want to pick that up and get your 100% deposit bonus, then click the link below this. So you have to click the exclusive trading link below the video or in the podcast description also remember we've got those three new streamers hitting the live stream so jump over there subscribe to the youtube channel for that and the mystery trader is in that telegram chat and if you're looking to automate anything then check out my robot builders club all right folks have a great week and we'll see you in the next one